Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast. We had something crazy happen on Wednesday. Um, A lot of you may have noticed that there wasn't a Wednesday audio podcast. And the reason for that is because Wednesday, I'd just taken a call from a good friend at the show, Mike. And um, we were finishing up and we were, you know, I was just basically recounting the call. And I got a phone call and I hit mute on my microphone and I picked up the phone and it was my daughter and she was hysterical. And I was trying to decipher what she was saying while I was streaming. My microphone was muted. And it turned out that my husband and my children were involved in a car accident um, on their way to school. And so I just hear a hysterical daughter. And, and, you know, the first thing I'm thinking is, why isn't my husband calling me? And then I start to freak out um, about that. And then my son was in the car. It was a, I just hit end stream and just ran out the door. Um, car is totaled. Was 100% the other driver's fault. Um, lots of bumps and bruises and scrapes and cuts and soreness still. Uh, and it's just been, um, it's been a very crazy week, <laughs> to say the least. All the airbags deployed. You know when airbags go off in a car they explode and there's smoke in the car. And so my family basically thought the car was on fire because of all the smoke in the car and like they couldn't get out the doors. It Traumatizing, especially after the house fire. It's just not fire and our family uh, is not the best. So that's what I was dealing with. We are blessed that there weren't ridiculously serious injuries um, but it's been an absolute nightmare. I was supposed to go to Iowa on Friday. I did not. Um, so anyway, that's why the show ended so abruptly on Wednesday and I didn't have a show on Friday, but here we are today and there is a lot to talk about. Um, first I want to talk about what happened, what came out over the weekend with Fannie Willis. I have a thread here with all of these video clips from this sermon she gave at church on Sunday, trying to absolve her of any wrongdoing for having an affair with the special prosecutor she hired and then allegedly taking trips using taxpayer-funded dollars that she paid to him to do the special investigation. There is now a hearing scheduled about this in February. Um, yes, um, in the chat, Sharon is saying everyone involved is, quote, okay, including the girl who caused the accident. She was young. She was, she was young. A young, inexperienced driver who made a left to cross four double yellow lines when my husband was on a green light. So, yeah. Um, it, I guess the best possible outcome. Anyway, um. Thank you guys for your prayers and well wishes in the comments. So Fannie Willis goes to churchgoers and does this big long sermon, for lack of a better word. Of course she blames racism. Why wouldn't she? I have some clips. I don't know if you guys want to sit through this, but I want to play a few of them. Here she is at church. Here we go. God, you did not 
tell me that people would call me the N-word more than they call me fine. You did not tell me as a woman of color, it would not matter what I did, my motive, my talent, my ability, and my character would be constantly attacked. You did not tell me that the people would think they required of me perfection and flawless. God, why would you send this imperfect and very flawed woman to that position? This is, this is gross. This is disgusting is what it is. I think anybody that uses God in a way like this. God, you did not tell me my home would be swept multiple times for bombs. Or that most days and nights that I would spend them in isolation because that was the safest place to be. You forgot to mention, Lord. Is she blaming him? I don't understand. Is God supposed to speak to you and tell you all of the things you take on when you become a lying sack? I don't think you're dealing with God anymore at that point. You're in another place. This is not, this is. Or that I would have to abandon my home. You did you not forgot to mention the loneliness. You forgot to mention? Like, who the hell are you talking to? Who are you talking to, lady? Of this position. And you certainly didn't tell me about this stress. The stress. You certainly didn't tell me about the stress, God. Does anybody else think this is normal? <laughs> This is, this is something. Here we go. This is going to come back to hurt her. Here, here, wait. Here's some more. Dear God, I do not want to be like those that attack me. I never want to be a Marjorie Taylor Greene who has never met me but has allowed her spirit to be filled with hate. How does this woman who has the honor of being a leader in my state, how is it that she has not reached out to me? She can tell me I don't agree with anything you're doing, but I do not agree with people threatening. She's telling Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's been swatted more than any congresswoman on the planet. That's, that's what she, I mean. Your life or the life of your family. That is conduct that is wrong and intolerable. And as a leader, I shall not stand for it. How did such a woman come? How do you stand at the pulpit in church and judge another person like that for a straight minute? What is the, what is, where is this? God is not judging as harshly as she is. To think that it was normal and normalized that another woman was worthy of such cruelty. Oh, come on. I'm done. I'm not listening to any more of this bull. She's finished. She did a bad thing. She cheated, allegedly cheated with a man who was married. She then abused her office, allegedly, by funding him. And then using the money for her own personal gain. 
and she's using the bully pulpit or the, 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 the pulpit as a bully pulpit to stand up there in God's house and try and absolve herself of her own sins. And I'm not okay with that. Judge in Trump's Georgia election case targets February for hearing on Fannie Willis. I'm not going to call her Fannie. I'm calling her Fannie because that's what fits. The judge in Fulton County DA Fannie Willis's Georgia election interference case against Trump told attorneys Friday there will be likely a hearing in early February at the earliest to address allegations filed against Willis, accusing her of having an inappropriate relationship with a special prosecutor on her team. Obviously, my plan with this was to allow the state an opportunity to respond before setting a hearing date. Early February would be the soonest that would happen. So that's that. Now, (laughs) I'm moving on from that to this absolutely phenomenal win in court this week. And I want to explain this from the beginning to people um, so that they understand what this is. And I want this to be explained in such a way that you will be able to send this to your friends and family if necessary so that they understand it from start to finish. So it's about the COVID-19 vaccines. When the rollout began, they created an application called vSafe which they claimed they were going to use to track the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines. Now, firstly, that's supposed to be done in study. And then we have an, a, you know, a monitoring system called VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, that doctors are supposed to use to report vaccine injury in folks who have reactions to vaccines. It's been around for decades That's what's supposed to be used. They made this app that 10 million plus people downloaded the early adopters of the COVID-19 shot. Now, the COVID-19 vaccines obviously were rolled out under emergency use authorization. We can get into, you know, why that is another time. But briefly, an emergency use authorization is something that's granted to a product Um, When there's no other treatment available for whatever ailment and, you know, understanding the risk benefit analysis of taking an untested drug to treat said ailment um, when there's nothing else available to treat it with. Now, we know that wasn't the case, but that's what it is. I did a thread on this yesterday. Here it is. V-Safe data release. A serious review of this case, this decision, and its implications are in order. Since the COVID-19 products were placed under EUA, the government has told us they were safe and effective. When some doctors and members of the public began to suspect that may not be the case, they turned to VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And the VAERS data was wildly concerning, to say the least. It picked up a safety signal almost immediately because doctors were and people were reporting to VAERS. When word of that spread, the CDC took to discrediting its own system. And I'm going to show you how that happened in a second. It is suggested, actually, that VAERS only picks up 1% of adverse events generally occurring. And when this started happening, and those of us who were very loud and boisterous about the dangers of this medical intervention, um, 
pointed it out, a bunch of people got together and founded this website called Open Bears. And a lot of you guys know what it is, but here it is. Um, it's very well done. It's very well documented. The data here is coming directly from the government source. And 38,726 COVID vaccine reported deaths, 46,851 total reported deaths in all vaccines. I want you to think about that for a second. 212,294 total vaccine, uh, total COVID vaccine reported hospitalizations versus 300,222 total reported hospitalizations from other vaccines or in general, I'm sorry. 1.6 million COVID vaccine adverse events reports. This is through November of 2023. And you can look at this chart. This is all VAERS reports in blue over time since 1991 when it was founded. And here we go. If you take a look at this. So once we started saying to people, look at this, there's something terribly wrong here. I don't, you know, we don't feel like you're getting um, informed consent. We feel like you need to take a minute and think about this a little more. We don't know anything about this. Please stay strong for the sake of your family, yourself, and others, and the future of humanity. Also, many doctors will not, especially in the COVID era, will not report to VAERS for fear of retribution. It's documented. Or to cover it up. If you guys remember, COVID-19 um, exposed from Project Veritas went over this in detail. There was a whistleblower from a government-run hospital who came out and said, we're not going to, you know, we, we, I recorded this doctor saying we're not going to report this to VAERS. We don't want to report it. Federal government whistleblower goes public with secret recordings. The government doesn't want to show the, the COVID-19 vaccine is full of shit. And here. It hasn't probably been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of, is full of shit. Tell us about... When the signal from VAERS couldn't be ignored anymore, the CDC lied about how the system worked during a hearing in front of Congress. I'll never forget this because it infuriated me at the time and I clipped it out of the hearing to show you now. I'm going to play this clip of Rachel, Rachel Walensky in front of Congress two years ago. This is two years ago. Here, this is Tommy Tuberville. Tuberville, I forget how to say it. Walensky, it's been reported by some virologists and scientists that this year around 170 people have died from taking the regular flu vaccine. The Vaccine Advisory Adverse Reporting System reported that the number of people dying after or following the COVID vaccine is actually in the thousands. Now, this is what I'm hearing. I'll give you a chance to refute that or confirm it here. You know, is this true? Are we having that many people die after taking one of these vaccines? 
Senator Reville, thank you for that question. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is a mandatory system of any adverse event that happens after being vaccinated. So if you get hit by a car tragically after getting vaccinated, that gets reported in the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System, the, the VAR system. Do you guys see what she did there? She did the same thing that they did with COVID deaths and attributed it to VAERS. When people, quote, when they wanted something to count as a COVID death to scare the living daylights out of everybody and increase funding and all of that, if you died of a car accident after having COVID, you were a COVID death. No, doctors are not going into VAERS and reporting car accident deaths in their vaccinated patients. This is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So the vaccines are incredibly safe. They um, protect us against Omicron. They protect us against uh, Delta. They protect us against COVID. They don't protect us against every other form of mortality out there. Do we keep numbers of people that died following taking a COVID test from taking this vaccine? Do we have any idea? I'm just asking. I'm sorry, those who have died after taking COVID test? Died following taking the vaccine. Is there any number count? Do we keep records on that that died of just... Uh, from absolutely yes I, I couldn't give you the, the absolute number off the top of my head but, but our staff could absolutely get back in touch with you we- they have no idea they don't care they're not following anything this was the most abhorrent disgusting nonsense I've ever seen in my life so they discredited the VAERS system or tried to anyway oh yeah doctors are following up with their patients that they vaccinated in their office 20 30 at a time And then seeing whether or not they get into car accidents. And that's why there's thousands of deaths reported in VAERS. This is the director of the CDC. Everybody remember that at the time. This is this is straight up criminal what she's doing here. Just okay. So we collect this. They discredited quote VAERS. But the CDC created VSAFE. And as per the CDC, it is the premier system for tracking the safety of COVID-19 vaccines. It is a smartphone-based program that allows vaccine recipients to tell the CDC about any side effects after getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Its purpose, as explained by the CDC, is to rapidly characterize the safety profile of COVID-19 vaccines when given outside a clinical trial setting and to detect and evaluate clinically important adverse events and safety issues that may impact policy or regulatory decisions. That's as per the CDC. But there were some limitations to the app because users were instructed to check off certain boxes and the boxes were typical things. For example, chills, Headache, joint pain, muscle or body aches, fatigue or tender or tiredness, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, rash. Okay. Those are canned responses that the CDC says are actually supposed to happen when you get the shot or any immunization. It proves that the immunization is working. So if that's the case, why are those the default checkboxes? that are there to pick up an adverse event or a safety signal with these shots, right? 10 million people downloaded and used this app. 10 million people. However, there was one other way. Now, I can inform Consent Action Network, sued under FOIA because they FOIA'd the CDC for the data from those boxes. 
and the CDC said they wouldn't provide it. So then they sued and got access to that data and it's been coming out and they've been able to compile reports and take a look at it. But the one thing that wasn't provided was this. There was another way. There were a few places in this app where you could write in a more detailed description or free text fields. There was a character limit on it, but they called that health impact data. Also, they only collected the checkbox data for one week after vaccination. One week. That means anything after that. So for a week, they monitored safety in that way. For a week, one week, one week. I'm just going to keep her one week. So an organization, a not-for-profit called Freedom Coalition of Doctors for Choice, sent a FOIA request to the CDC for the data in the text fields, the data that people wrote in themselves in the text fields. Here is an example of what is in that data. Here's one example. This is a PhD who got the shot as an example for her students. If you read this, you will you will get chills. The first entry, any other health health conditions or symptoms you want to report? She says about 5 minutes after injection, I got shooting pains down my arm, through my wrist and up over my shoulder, through my neck. My wrist felt weak and limp. My throat and tongue started swelling up about 20 minutes after the injection. They gave me one 25 milligram cap of Benadryl. Two hours later, the swelling was entirely gone. She keeps posting. She keeps following up. It doesn't get better. It doesn't. I went to the doctor in person. I can't read it. It's so small. I went to the doctor in person, she says. And he said I had brain swelling and toxic reaction. MTHFR double mutation. It matches the symptoms for toxic exposure for brain swelling, including not remembering much since getting home from the vaccination on March 14th, abnormal heart rhythm, rapid heartbeat, numbness and tingling in my arms and fingers, flaccidly limb, uh, flaccid limbs, impaired balance, dizziness, fever higher than 105, difficulty thinking, walking, writing, talking, neck stiffness, lethargy, and non-responsive when family members tried to wake me up. It just gets worse and worse for her until finally she pleads, help me. She pleads with them. So they sue the CDC arguing that the data held within those text fields is imperative to accurately gauge the safety of the injections. If we don't have any real evidence of harm from these shots, there will never be any funded studies because everybody's just going to float along thinking, oh, yeah, that's all anecdotal. None of that is real. None of it is real. Well, in this case, that was before a judge in Texas. The judge agreed and ordered the release of the text data in the vSafe application. 
And some of the quotes and things that he says in this order are amazing. And they signal a change, a turn in the tide. Um, and it is a huge deal. This is a massive, massive, massive thing. Um, in response, he says, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, the United States government spearheaded one of the greatest medical endeavors in history. Within months, Congress allocated billions of dollars to fund, develop, manufacture, and distribute hundreds of millions of doses of COVID-19 vaccines. When the first vaccines became available in December of 2020, defendants launched a massive safety monitoring program called vSafe. Because of the rapid and extensive rollout of the vaccine, defendants used vSafe to quickly collect critical health data for symptoms, adverse events, hospitalization or treatment, and safety issues directly from those who received the vaccine. The PrEP Act declarations provided liability immunity for Big Pharma, and warp speed removed the regulatory requirements you usually need to be able to bring a novel technology to market. So it didn't undergo the scrutiny and regulation and eight-year trial process that a normal vaccine given to the population would have gone through because those restrictions were removed. The judge remarks here about the massive role the federal government had in promoting the shot To say the government promoted vaccination directly through mandates or indirectly through policies, privileges, and messaging campaigns would be an understatement. Many Americans' employability was conditioned upon vaccination by various rules, regulations, and policies. For instance, the Biden administration issued Executive Orders 14042 and 43, which mandated COVID-19 vaccinations for all federal employees and contractors and Medicare and Medicaid issued regulations requiring vaccinations for all st- staff at healthcare facilities there. And then the Occupational Safety and Health Administration issued regulations that all employees with more than 100, all employers with more than 100 employees require vaccination or be subject to mandatory weekly tests with violators paying fines. How soon we forget. The judge gets it. I want you to think about this for a second. In this order, the judge states the following facts. By early 2023, more than 5.5 billion people, about 72.3% of the world population had received a dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. 72.3% of the entire world received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. 270 million Americans. Defendants have consistently asserted that they are safe and effective and they recommend everyone ages six months and older get an updated vaccine. And... That vaccine was added to the standard child and adolescent immunization schedule. This is a tragedy. I will, I, I, I know that I say this, I can't wrap my brain around this. It is, this is, this, and, and we're going to get into at the end here in a minute the psychological impacts of this, because there's a lot of things that float around this, okay? The 
The judge details how vSafe protects user confidentiality, which blows a hole through one of the CDC's arguments that because people are sharing their information, they shouldn't have to release it because it's PII, personal uh, identifiable information, but that's not actually true. Um, The judge says that trust the science has become something of a national slogan, but the American public's trust in science is at an all-time low. So true. He also tells everybody that this is why they built the system in the first place. The CDC declares in writing that they are going to release this data. Then he addresses the fact that doctors have used this data selectively. Here, this is the judge speaking. Listen to this. This is why I'm telling you a tide is turning. Additionally, plaintiff, meaning the not-for-profit, marshaled evidence that some vaccine studies may be misleading or based upon cherry-picked data. One study reported that 0.8% to 1.1% of users reported needing medical care according to the the check-the-box data. However, when the raw data was released pursuant to that separate FOIA litigation from ICANN, it showed some 7.7% of vSafe users reported needing medical care and an additional 25% missed school or work or were unable to perform normal activities. Similarly, plaintiff alleges the check the box data captures only the symptoms CDC says are normal to occur after vaccination. This order is magnificent. It is coming out as an article at UncoverDC.com today. And the judge gave a cumulative minimum production schedule starting in February. Every month we will get at least a few hundred thousand entries from the vSafe text fields. And I can tell you after covering this for years, nobody's writing in there. I feel fantastic, guys. Thank you so much. I feel wonderful. I feel better than I did before I got this shot. Nobody's saying that, I promise you. We will be able to actually accurately gauge the harms We will be able to make the case to fund people, to help, to fund studies and information, to help the injured. A lot of people want to like kind of say, oh, well, I didn't do it and you did, so sucks to be you. And that's not me. These poor people. I don't know why 30% of us decided this wasn't a good idea and had the wherewithal to know that. But I do know that there were millions and millions of people placed in an absolutely terrible position making choices that that nobody wants to make. And then there's a whole bunch of people who did this willingly, gleefully, and felt good about it and are, are injured from it. There's another group of people who did it gleefully and then tried to banish anyone who didn't from polite society. There's a group of people who did this and then... Their parents didn't want to, and they wouldn't let them see their grandkids. There is a group of people who did this and then lost a family member, a loved one. There's a lot of psychological messery surrounding this. Like, for example, one of the things that, um, one of the things that has always, you know, stunned me 
knowing um, and following this because I've been anti-vaccine for a very long time, way before the COVID shots, is parents who get their kids vaccinated, their kids start having either minor or major issues right after. And, you know, after years and years, they finally say, you know what, it was actually the shot that did that. But they refused Some of them will refuse to do that because of the guilt that comes along with being responsible for giving said child that shot, right? So they'll go to the ends of the earth to excuse away, to defend, to um, attack those who are trying to say, well, listen, maybe you should take a look at this because they cannot wrap their head around the guilt or the responsibility of being the one who caused that. Which I think is is a lot of a lot of the people who are still refusing to see the harm with these shots, and we're gonna go over some um, some. We're gonna watch a little bit of the high wire from Thursday with Attorney Aaron Siri talking about this in a second. But imagine, like, I really feel like this is the case. A lot of people said, "If you don't do this, you're not welcome in my home," or coerced their spouse into doing it or gave it to their young children and they can't face being the one who caused whatever that person is going through at the end of the show or I had this for the end of the show I don't know that I'm going to get to it now but they're in the UK right now Real dollar excess cancer treatment as a result of the vaccine, 11.7% or $26.3 billion in excess consumer medical burden and cancer treatment annually for 2024. They're trying to force you to put this in your children or else you can't go to school. Keep them home. 70%, 73% of the entire world. And you wonder why we're seeing what we're seeing. As a matter of fact, I also have this. Study confirms the biggest cause of alarming surge in excess deaths in the UK is cardiovascular. These deaths can't be explained by COVID. Leading cardiologist says COVID mRNA vaccine could be behind excess deaths. But there's also this. In terms of the latest variant, scientists are sounding a new alarm and warning people that the latest variant of COVID might lead to a global heart failure pandemic. Meaning that if all of a sudden you see people falling left and right due to heart failure, Well, it's definitely not what you think it is. It's actually the latest variant of COVID-19. Now, to give you a bit of background here, the latest prevalent strain of COVID to be spreading across the world is called JN1. This new variant has led to an influx of cases in several different countries, including right here in America, the UK, in China, in India, in Australia, and several others as well. And indeed, here in America, this new variant has become the dominant strain. In fact, according to the CDC's tracking of wastewater, quote, JN1 
The latest fast-spreading COVID version is now the most widely circulating disease variant. An offspring of earlier Omicron variants, JN1 accounts for about 62% of current cases, up from 44% two weeks ago. That surge is seen domestically as tracked by wastewater levels as well as international travelers and most places around the globe. Now, in terms of the symptoms for this new variant, they are pretty much the same as before, and they just mirror the seasonal flu, including things like sore throat, runny nose, coughing, headache, fever, diarrhea, and so on, things like that. However, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, you now have health experts warning of an increased risk in the chance of potential heart issues for those who catch the new variant. Specifically, this warning came in the form of a report that was issued by Japan's top research institute. And they stated that the ACE2 receptors that the coronavirus clings to within human cells are very common in the heart muscle, meaning that many people who catch the new variant of the virus may suffer from reduced cardiac function. Here's where the report read, quote, even though conclusive clinical evidence that persistent SARS-CoV-2 infection is associated with declined cardiac function has not been reported so far, the proof-of-concept study of the possibility of SARS-CoV-2 persistent infection of the heart and the potential risk of opportunistic progression of heart failure should be validated by a three-dimensional human cardiac tissue model, which would serve as the alarm bell for a global healthcare risk. Now let's stop. Imagine, pretend this is true, right? Everybody who gets this new COVID variant is going to have a heart, a heart problem. Why then would they continue to recommend you shoot yourself with a gene therapy that instructs your body to create God knows how many spike protein for how long? We don't know. If this is true, if this study is study that studied no one is correct. That in and of itself is enough to be like, huh? But what they're trying to do, I really do believe all over the world, whether knowingly or not, is blame COVID vaccine injury on COVID. They're doing it with everything. And that's how they're going to try and sweep it. Oh, all these poor people that got COVID. And they will never, they will never do a study that differentiates COVID naturally infected, unvaccinated from vaccinated COVID, folks. They'll never do it. They don't want that data. They don't want to know. They don't want to know. It's the same thing with long COVID, which does exist. I know people who have had it that were unvaccinated. It does exist in some people. But they will never ask that cohort who of you was vaccinated versus unvaccinated. They do not want to know. We wrote a column at the High Wire um, about this. Ignoring the deadly jabs, Japanese scientists predict, predict COVID-19 infections will cause a global heart failure pandemic. Now, listen, it's very long. It's very well done. Read it. It's going to be in the show notes today. And then the other one was the the Wall Street Journal article that came out talking about how cancer is exponentially increased starting from 2019 and using an example of a young person who got cancer in their stomach in 2019 before the shots were rolled out as a way to prepare people for the $26 billion in excess consumer spending on cancer treatments because of the shots. I got a phone call on Friday night after all the shit a good friend of ours is 44 and has cancer. 
And then people wonder why this is my key issue. I have gotten more phone calls from more people that I know that are in my age bracket with cancer, of all things, than I have ever experienced ever before. Or anyone I know has experienced ever before. And then people wonder why this is my issue. Here. Let's just watch a little bit of this real quick. Del Bigtree, an attorney on the case for V-Safe, Adam Siri. Check the boxes where you could check one of so the someone checked boxes. unable to perform normal activities. And then in the middle, like the more moderate, missed work or school, right. did not go in. And then there was required medical care or hospitalization. These are the checkbox data. Of the 10 million people in this system, 782,913 checked this box. They checked the box. I went to a doctor. Uh, I went to the hospital. I was admitted into the ER be after my vaccination. So that number, by the way, is about 7.7%. And most of the reports came in in the first week or so after vaccination that they needed some type of medical care, yeah. seeing a doctor, emergency room, or hospitalization. Wow. On average, folks who needed medical care that reported it, on average, needed it almost three times to Meaning medical care. they made multiple visits, not just one, right. oh, I was overreacting, I'm going home. They came back, they, you know, or went deeper into the medical system. So your audience understands. Yeah. We've only received the data for the check the box fields. There was a fill in the blank box. Right. We have not received that yet. All right. Well, there it was us announcing we got incredible. We built a whole dashboard, which you can still find on our website that takes you through all of that data that uh, we referred to there. And there it is in real time. You can click on all the different things inside of there to ask different questions, you know, ethnicities, um, uh, just different specifics about the people that signed into that registry. Uh, well, I'm joined now by the lawyer that fights these cases for us and made it possible for the world to see this data. No one other than Aaron Siri from Aaron Siri and Glimstead. Aaron, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. All right. So we were really excited when we got that data. But, you know, from the very beginning, you said, Dell, they're holding something back from us. And it's really important. What was it that they were holding back when we received that data? Because it had a lot of incredible information. Yeah, they were withholding the free text fields. Those are fields in which individuals using the VSAFE system, those 10 million individuals, could write in whatever they wanted. And, and, and the reason that those free text fields and the data in those free text fields are so critical is that the check the box information, as, as, as incredible as it is in terms of what you've just showed, right? We're looking at, right now we're looking at that check the box on our screen. This is what your cell phone right. looked like. Look at what they asked you to check. You had a heart, um, you know, in this check the box fields. The first vaccine was rolled out in December of 2020. The reason we know that is because we have a copy of the VSAFE protocol. That is the 50-page document that the CDC used to design VSAFE, as far as we're aware. And on the last page of that protocol, it lists, as you can see on your screen there, the adverse events of special interests, pre-specified medical conditions. And on that list are the very issues 
that we now know the vaccine can cause, like myocarditis, pericarditis. On the list also is transverse myelitis. Transverse myelitis is evil. It's when your body eats the myelin around your nerve sheath and paralyzes you. That data is incoming. We'll have it by February. In a month from today, we will have that data. And this is not going away. Because I, I mean, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to report on every bit of this. I have the death and disability trends for malignant neoplasms or cancer in ages 15 to 44. The Ed Dowd report right here using real data. There's only so long. We're only just starting to see the fallout from this nonsense. Now. It's a travesty and there needs to be accountability. There needs to be accountability. One more clip real quick. It's actually too long to play. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene had a hearing on the injuries caused by the COVID-19 shots this week. Um, Wendy wrote a column on that that'll be coming out today. The column on what I just wrote um, or read to you, the thread will be coming out today as well. And there's been, obviously, we are in the midst of a caucus. The Iowa caucus is today. Everyone in Iowa is going to be going out to vote for who they think should be our presidential nominee on the Republican side. And after the show on Wednesday, the call with Mike, I had a lot of people reaching out to me asking me, I don't understand. How could you do this? How could you flip? How could you blah, blah, blah? You know, basically a lot of attacks, a lot of people saying, I appreciate you. I don't mind that you're not voting for the same person as me. It was basically um, somebody somebody uh, said that it was karma that my family got into a car accident because I'm a DeSantis voter. But I will say the large majority of people were very kind and understanding about my choice and said they respect it and were nice to me. However, um, I wrote yesterday, I wrote why it is, the main reason why it is that I have decided to go the route I'm going. And I'm just going to explain it to everybody quickly right now before we end the show. A lot of people attack Trump for his handling of COVID in general. Not That's not what I'm doing. I could now in retrospect critique much of it, but that's not my reason. Um, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, and that's not what I'm going to do. I just, I'm not. Um, the reason why I am supporting DeSantis in the primary is because to this day, from 2020 to now, Donald Trump refuses to acknowledge what has happened with this vaccine. He has consistently taken credit for it and said that it saved millions of people. When asked directly about it in a town hall, he said the same thing. The I didn't mandate it nonsense doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter because he refuses to admit that these things have caused catastrophic harm to so many people all over the globe. And if you refuse to admit that there is a problem with something, you will not do anything to fix it. If you can't say, yeah, you know, there's a lot of reports coming out that there's some bad things happening with these. I was following the advice of blah, 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 blah. And now whatever, even though it was him who took credit for removing all the restrictions, he had to fight the FDA, he said in his own words to do that. Put it all aside. Put it behind us. Put it behind us. 
if you cannot, you can't even acknowledge that there are people harmed and suffering and dying from this, then you will never fix it. You will never hold anyone accountable. Big Pharma won't be held accountable. The CDC won't be held accountable. The FDA won't be held accountable. Nobody will be held accountable for this. Nobody. If you can't acknowledge there's a problem, you won't fix it. And I have lost and watched suffer way too many of my friends and family for me to be okay with that. That's my reason. I can't be okay with that. I can't. There's just no part of me that I can put that aside and then say, yep, this guy is the way to go. I can't do it. And Ron DeSantis, while he recommended the COVID vaccines in the beginning, while he, he you know, had whatever, all the things, he has done that. He has said, wow, actually, there's a problem with this. He brought in Joe Latipo. There's a grand jury against, um, you know, to try and figure out if there was criminality with the COVID vaccine. Right now, ongoing, should be closing up any day now. Depending on what they say, I don't know. He doesn't have any say in that process. I don't know what they'll find. If they do their due diligence, they'll find there's criminality involved. I'm sure, because there was. Um, But he's the only one pledging to hold these institutions accountable. That's running as a Republican. You know, obviously RFK is saying it, but he's not a Republican and I don't align with him on 90% of the things. I align with a real conservative on 90% of the things. And um, no excuse or, um, or, you know, whatever. Again, for anyone who's misconstruing, There are a lot of theories out there about warp speed and why he did it. And I don't agree with any of them, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about today. If I were to sit down with him today and ask him about these vaccines and what they're doing to people, he would not acknowledge that there's a problem. He can't. He can't do it. Non-starter for me. Non-starter. I cannot do the work that I've done for the past four years on this and not be principled enough myself. I'm not talking about you guys out there. Everyone's got their own thing. Um, not be principled enough myself to do to not follow my conscience on this one. And there's already in the chat, there's a lot of people. Um, there's some people that are, are being nasty. Um, you know, it, it's it's funny because if you look at my tweet that I made yesterday doing this, I tried to debate this and talk about this with folks months and months and months ago. But every time I tried to do that and have like the honest debate about it, and and I want the I want to be swayed about why I want to hear everyone's perspective and kind of come to my own conclusions based on debate, healthy debate. I was I was I wasn't able to do that. Um, I wasn't able to have those conversations because as soon as I started asking those questions, I was called a traitor. I was called a sellout. I was called a grifter. I was told that I let, lit my own house on fire just to benefit from it. The list, like when I share some things on social media that people say to me, people assume that that's all I'm dealing with. And it's not. And I don't, I don't 
you know, it's not okay. This this discourse that we have going on right now, it's 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 just not okay. But I um, I'm, I'm my mind is made up now. I mean, there's nothing that's going to change it. So there's no reason to debate this topic now. But the it was split basically 50-50 here, honestly. 50% of the people um, disagreed with me. Um, and 50% of the people agreed with me. And, you know, here, Tracy, you're free to vote for DeSantis. Stop with the bullshit. Just stop. Trump-supported hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin would have saved millions of lives. Blame Biden, the WHO, Fauci, CDC, FDA who banned their use. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. What I'm saying is very clear and I've said it earlier. So, you know, like everybody, nobody really understood it or they they did a straw man and kind of deflected from it to make their own point. Um, It is what it is. We're in a nasty primary season right now. There are lies being flung all over the place. What I'm watching on social media is really disheartening and pretty, pretty sad. Um, And fair enough. But when Ron loses today, don't come back. Okay. I don't want to be around people like that. I don't want to be around people who <clears throat> hate me because I I have a, a very strongly held belief um, and agree with them on probably 90% of everything that they believe in, I think. I don't want to be around people like that. So I'm fine with it. I don't want to come back where? I don't know. But I, I won't be coming back. That's fine. I'm good with it. Honestly. Blaming Trump for your friends and family's deaths is insane. You weren't going to support him anyway. Don't care. We don't need you. Okay. I'm not blaming him for my family's deaths. Um, although I could. That wasn't what the post was about. The post was about the fact that he can't acknowledge that there's a problem. That's what the post is about. But it makes people feel better to do this. I, um... I don't worship or pledge loyalty to any politician. Literally ever. Never have. Never will. When I was a huge supporter of Ron Paul back in the day, he tried to get us to come into the establishment, quote, Republican Party. And we rebelled against that because that's not what we were. We were not establishment Republicans, nor did we want anything to do with establishment Republicans. I didn't put my arms out in front of my body and say, oh, well, Ron Paul said so, so this is what I'm going to do. Because that's not who I am. I have a very, very core and strong set of moral principles that I follow by that align most closely with libertarianism and conservatism. And those principles have not wavered or changed. And they're not going to change just to suit a politician. I was never a fan of the the lesser of two evils. I didn't vote for Mitt Romney, even though he was a Republican running in the election against Barack. That's not how I, I just, it's not me. And I've always been honest about how I feel about everything. And quite frankly, no, no pun. I was getting tired of having to feel like I needed to bite my tongue so that I wasn't attacked. Um, And I think everybody should be able to speak freely 
without fear of being attacked by their friends. I get attacked more by, quote, Republicans and conservatives than I do by the left because of my my strongly held beliefs. And I I just It's funny cuz not like some people shared my post and said, "Oh, um you know, whatever, shut up." You know, and then a string of nastiness about about me. And I'm like, okay, so it's okay for all of these folks to come out and share why they're voting for whatever candidate they want, whether it be Trump or whoever. But if I do it, then I need to shut up. Why? Why can't, why? And I, you know, there is like a weaponized mob out there that is coming for people who disagree with them. And I'm going to go long today because this needs to be talked about. There's a weaponized mob out there that's coming for people who disagree with them. I've seen it. I haven't really talked about it much, but I've seen it. And people can argue it's on both sides or whatever, but I'm on one quote side, I guess, and I'm experiencing it. You know, people um, questioning my integrity. Like, if I, I supported Donald Trump more strongly than almost anybody did, I dedicated years of my life to reporting accurately on what was going on. And even when it was really, really a detriment to me to do so, because the truth is the truth. COVID got COVID in January 6th basically put me in a in a quote virtual gulag, deplatformed from payment processors, kicked off of social media. I kept going anyway, because the truth is the truth. Nobody really cares why you're supporting DeSantis. Next week it won't matter because he'll drop out. Okay. COVID will haunt Americans for decades if a person can't even bring themselves to admit that something could have been done differently then they don't deserve to be president again. That's a lot of people thinking about that. And I've also seen, sadly, a lot of people in our group trying to defend the shots um, so that it doesn't reflect poorly on Donald Trump. But if you use the the argument that lot, lots of people use that he wasn't responsible for the harms that came from them, he didn't mandate them, nobody was forced to take them, then that argument that 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 slight at him for being responsible for them doesn't hold any water if you also believe the other things. Um no, Miley 1006, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm not attacking people for saying what they're saying. I'm saying it hurts to be attacked. I'm not criticizing people for their choice. You're free to have whatever choice you want. I have said 100,000 times, I respect all of you guys, whoever you're voting for, until you disrespect me. And I'm not sure why, because I have a microphone in front of my face, I'm supposed to just have to take disrespect from people. Why is that something that happens? Why am I just expected to be slandered and accused of things and I'm just supposed to sit here and take it while everyone else can run off and run their mouths and say whatever they want? I just don't get that double standard. And why am I supposed to think exactly the same way as a whole bunch of other people do? Otherwise, I'm considered, quote, disloyal. There is... We are electing representatives. 
no matter who you support. If you're doing this and you support uh, Vivek or or DeSantis or there's no Haley supporters, so forget that. If you're doing this and you support another candidate and you are you are beholden to that person, you're doing it wrong. We live in a constitutional republic where we're supposed to elect people to represent us, not kneel before a ring, no matter who the candidate is. It's backwards right now. For a lot of people all across the spectrum, we are not installing a king to rule over us. And everybody's mad. But that's okay. I'm tired of having to shut my mouth and not say how I feel because I'm afraid of what will happen. I'm done with it. We'll see what happens today. I know where my vote is going here in the South Carolina primary. If you disagree with me, that's really okay. And I mean that. I don't hold any ill will against anybody who doesn't agree with me or thinks that I'm wrong. I don't. That's why this country is so beautiful, because we can disagree on things and come to a rational conclusion wherever that may be. And then the best person who most of the people think should win will win. That's where we're at. If Ron DeSantis doesn't win and Trump does, okay, that's fine. I still voted my conscience how I felt inside. You'll do the same for you. There's really no reason why you should demand or I should demand of anybody that they vote how I say. That is not the point. I want all of you to go out and make your decision. I may the best man win. That's fine. I love all of you guys either way. But my decision is clear for me. And it is what it is. Based on this entire show and four years of, of grueling work that I've done on this specific issue that is a scourge against humanity that will go down in history as the worst tragedy we've ever experienced in our entire lives, ever, hands down. 73% of the global population have been injected with one of these doses of this poison. And if I don't do my part to inform about that and try and fix it, then I'm not fulfilling my purpose. And I'm going to fulfill my purpose, even if you hate me because I'm saying it out loud. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all. I mean that. I really do. (laughs) I really mean it. I do, no matter what you're doing. And uh, we'll be back here on Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it because it's crazy-ass primary season, and we're going to need to start talking about it soon. So... God bless you all, and I will see you on Wednesday.